to glory land. It won't be long until I take the hand of Jesus Christ with a great big smile. We sit right down and talk a while. Charles Watson was born again on May 23, 1975, at the California Men's Colony. His transformation can best be described as amazing grace. Here's one of his messages from his early years of ministry. Until I see the man, the Prince of Peace. We're going to study on how to grow spiritually. How to grow spiritually. And you can see on the overhead projector that we have about four ways that we can grow spiritually, five ways that we can grow spiritually. We're not going to be able to get into them all tonight, but briefly I'll mention those. Number one would be read God's Word. Number two would be pray, uh, pray and that's simply talking to God. And we're going to find out that we need to pray according to the Word. Then number three would be that we need to fellowship. We'll be going into that next week. We need to witness and we need to praise God. Those are three that we'll go into next week. But these five here, reading the word, praying, fellowshipping, witnessing, and also praising God will cause you to grow spiritually. It'll cause you to grow, amen? Spiritually. Now, let's find out where are we going to grow spiritually. Number one, we should recognize that our spirit, our spirit has been born again, amen? We've been born to that incorruptible seed. At one time in our life, our spirit was corrupt because the spirit of Satan had taken over mankind and came up through the seed from seed to seed to seed and brought forth satanic spirits all the way up through mankind. Are you with me? Because of the sin of Adam, the spirit was corrupt in mankind. See, man is a spirit. Man is made in the image of God. God is a spirit. We have a spirit. And that spirit needed taken care of. And when Jesus Christ came and resurrected and defeated the works of the devil by resurrecting and giving life to mankind, he gave 100% resurrected new birth life in our spirit. So therefore, in our spirit, it's not going to grow. Our spirit is born again and 100% recreated. Are you with me tonight? But we have something that needs to grow now. And that's our mind. We need to grow into a spiritual mind. Amen? So that our actions will be able to come forth spiritually. See, man is spirit. He has a mind. And he lives in a body. Depending on what we do with our mind is how our body is going to react. The perfect reaction of our body would be spiritual actions or the fruit of the spirit. But what we do with our mind depends on what our actions are. If we give ourselves to the things of the devil and have a carnal mind all the time, our actions are going to be carnal and fleshly and devilish and sensual. Amen? They're not going to be good actions. We have been through that study once before. But what will cause our actions to become spiritual actions is growing spiritually by renewing the mind with the Word of God. And as we do that, it causes the Holy Ghost that lives down inside of us to be released because our mind comes into agreement with our spirit and then our body begins to take on the actions of our spirit. 
are the actions of Jesus. This has been described before as a wheel, a wheel. Picture a wheel with four spokes. And right in the center is the hubcap. Well, recognize the hub to be Jesus Christ. And then the spokes that are going vertically, the one up above would be a spoke of prayer. The one below would be a spoke of the word. Then the one out to the side here would be a spoke of fellowship. And then the one out to the other side would be the spoke of witnessing. Amen? And those spokes are running out to this uh, this rim all the way around which makes up the wheel. Are you with me? Now this entire wheel is our actions. And those actions need to shine forth to God with praise. But the secret is, is to get the ingredients of that hub or Jesus or the Spirit out into the rim area of the wheel. And in order for that Spirit to get out into the rim action part of the wheel and for life to roll along in a proper way, the Spirit has to move through the Word. The Spirit has to move through prayer. The Spirit has to move through witnessing. The Spirit has to move through fellowship. Amen? And then you find that the whole wheel begins to shine and bring forth praise unto God. Amen? That happens. But number one, we need to get into God's Word. Read God's Word. We know faith cometh by hearing the Word of God. Romans ten seventeen. As we hear the Word of God, we begin to say, I believe that. I believe Jesus rose from the dead. I also believe I'll just go up to the altar and give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe he defeated the works of the devil. I believe that word. And I tell you, the more faith you put into the word by reading it, the more you will begin to act the way God wants you to act. Amen. Because your actions will begin to line up with the actions of God. Because God's Word, amen, being a doer of God's Word is acting like Jesus Christ. Amen? Reading God's Word. Let's get on. Now in Matthew chapter 4, the first scripture I want to call to your attention, verse number 4 would be where Jesus answered the old devil that was trying to get Jesus to go for the things of the flesh or to feed the flesh such as turning the stones into bread, Jesus said to the devil that was tempting him, or Satan, and he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Where did this word proceed from? It proceeded from the mouth of God because all scriptures is given by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Amen? and is profitable for doctrine, for teaching, for us. Amen? This Word here is the mouth of God. Amen? This Word here is what God is speaking, let me say. So we need to live by this. If we don't live by this, we will die by the Word of the devil. Amen? devil's Word brings death. But we need to not live by bread or the fleshly things alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Next, Romans, no, James 1, 22, it should be there. James 1, 22 also tells us about this word. That we're not only to read the word, but we're to begin to do the word. 
So this word that we're reading and renewing our mind with needs to take over our actions. Now read with me here in James 1.22. It says, but be doers, doers of the word and not hearers only. In other words, don't only hear the word and get faith by hearing the word, but also let that word begin to take action, have some corresponding actions in our life. Now here it says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. If you only hear the word and don't do it, you deceive yourself. Amen? Satan is deceiving you too. And in verse number 23 it says, for if any be a hearer of the word. Is that you? Is that you? Are you any? If anybody be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. In other words, you look into the Word, or a, ma or a man looks into a mirror, for instance, and then all of a sudden he beholdeth himself. He sees himself in the Word. He sees himself in the mirror, but what does he do? Here's what he does. And he goeth his way, and straightway he forgetteth what manner of man he was. Amen? Forgetteth what manner of man he was. Just like some of us, we go to the Word, we hear the Word, and then we go away, walking away from the Word, and we forget all about what we saw. Amen? We forget it. We, in other words, we don't let it become action in our life. It goes on to say, But whosoever, or whoso, looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Brother, this Word is the perfect law of liberty. It brings liberty. Amen? Jesus Christ, through the love of Jesus Christ upon the cross, the Word of God brings liberty. Amen? And it's perfect. Glory to God. Amen? It says here, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and what? Continueth, continueth, say that, continueth, continueth therein. Let me hear you say it. Continueth therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Amen? If you continue therein, continuing in the word. Next, look in Romans 8, verse number 5. Romans 8, verse 5 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind, do mind the things of the flesh. The flesh is carnality. It's carnal. It's a carnal believer. And it says, For they that are after the flesh do mind, M-I-N-D, mind, the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, in other words, they mind the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. If you go after the things of the devil and allow devil, the devil to have first place in your life by going after his word, brother, you're carnally minded and the result of that is death. But it goes on to say, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Brother, we need to get our mind renewed with this life and this peace. Amen? And it will bring forth life and peace. It will bring forth life and peace. Say that. Say the Word will bring forth life and peace. As I become spiritually minded by reading the Word. That's true. It goes on to say, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, 
for it is not subject to the law of God. In other words, it is not in subjection to the word of God. But if the spiritual mind is subject to the word of God, it goes on to say here, it's not subject to the law of God, never, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Brother, you please God when you get into his word. Matter of fact, the word tells us that without faith you cannot please God, according to Hebrews eleven six. And as you get into the word of God, your faith begins to develop more and more and more in your way of thinking. Amen? And it releases that spirit of faith that you have down in your spirit out so that you can become a man with actions of faith. Let's go on now. In 1 Corinthians 3.3, it also talks about this carnal mind. This carnal mind. If we don't renew our mind with the word of God, we'll be carnally minded. In 1 Corinthians 3.3, for ye are yet carnal. He's talking to the Corinthian church. And if you look at their actions in the Corinthian church, you'll, you'll see the results of a carnal church. For whereas there is among you envy and strife, divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Brother, where you see envy and strife and brothers walking around trying to stir up disunity, you'll find more than likely that they're very young in the faith. Very young in the faith. When someone walks up to you and tries to spread disunity or tries to backbite or talk about this or talk about that or talk about the chapel or whatever, you will find if you ask them, Brother, how long have you been saved? Oh, I just turned my life over to the Lord three months ago. Because they're carnally minded. If they were spiritually minded, they would be talking good things about this brother, good things about that brother. They'd be praying for that brother, see? They would not be stirring up envying and strife if they were spiritually minded. So as you become spiritually minded, your actions begin to come forth in a spiritual way, which is doing good for your brother instead of trying to stir up envy and strife. Amen? Let's go on now. We have several scriptures tonight. In Romans 15, verse number 4, if you flip over uh, to the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse number 4, we read, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our what? Learning. For our learning. In other words, we learn the word by reading the word that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be what? Like-minded. One towards another according to Jesus Christ. That you may be with one mind and one mouth glorifying God. Amen? Hallelujah even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. See, we're supposed to be like-minded. We're all supposed to be renewed with this word here and be like-minded with one another. Now, being like-minded is this. If I'm going to be like-minded with God, I need to be like-minded with his word. If I'm going to be like-minded with you, 
I don't need to be like-minded and agree with you in your carnality, but I need to be like-minded with you in the Word. See, if someone comes up to you and begins to talk about this brother or about that brother or this or that, if you begin to agree with him and say, yeah, that's right, I see that too, you're beginning to line up your life and like-minded with him to a carnal mind. But if you hang tight on the word and someone comes up and talks to you about someone and tries to stir up envy and strife, you're to say, brother, I'm not like-minded to that. I'm like-minded to the word of God and I believe this word for that brother and I don't believe that. Why? I'm not spreading lies. One thing the Lord hates. And Proverbs chapter 6, I believe, is stirring up discord among the brethren. Amen? The Lord hates that. That's one thing that he hates. Hates. In other words, we're to line up our life with the word of God. Then in Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, we also see in reading the word. Reading the word. And as we begin to line up our thinking with the word of God, if each one of us will begin to do this, we will become like-minded with this word and also like-minded with one another. And as we do that, we'll see the power of God begin to move not only in our life, but our brother's life, and also in the body of Christ. Are you with me? Praise God. We'll move out, and we'll begin to see signs and wonders happening among the believers. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, For the word of God is quick, it's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and mara and, and a discerner of the thoughts and in the, the intents of the heart. This word discerns the intents of the heart. Praise God. The cardia, the heart. The heart is an area that circumference the soul of man. The soul of man makes up the mind, the emotions, and the will. This word, when you begin to read it, it begins to judge and discern your thought. Amen? And it comes, and you have to come to the conclusion that you're going to go for what the word says because the word will judge anything that you're thinking opposite from the word of God as being wrong. Not to think it. In other words, in other words, the Word of God, it's quick, it's alive, and it's powerful, and it comes in and it judges the thoughts of your heart. Amen? Glory to God. And then you're to accept that judgment and agree with it and say, Yes, Lord, I agree with that. I disagree with the devil. I disagree with any of the results that, that the devil is having in anybody's life. And I stand by the Word of God and the Word of God only. Glory to God. Amen? Reading the Word of God. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, we continue to see that we need to read and get into the Word of God. Line up our life with the Word of God so that our life will begin to be lined up with one another. And if we'll all begin to do this, we'll not only be lined up with the Word, but we'll begin to line up with one another. Amen? We begin to think alike, think the same. In Colossians three sixteen, it says, Let the Word of Christ Dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns. See, that's one another. Teaching and admonishing one another. Amen. In psalms. 
teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Amen? Singing with the grace of God in your hearts to the Lord. Brother, this word is to dwell in you richly. Richly. Dwell in you richly. And you need to sing unto the Lord with grace in your heart. You need to sing unto the Lord with the grace of God upon your mind. Amen? Are you with me? When you sing to the Lord, think about Jesus Christ coming to earth and loving you and laying down his life for you. Think about his grace in that he withheld his wrath from you. Even though you did not, de you, you did not deserve it, even though you deserve the death penalty, now he has come to earth and he has taken that judgment for you. Amen? That's the grace of God. He has redeemed you and purchased you and bought you out of the slave market of sin and resurrected and given you eternal life. Sing with that in mind, glory to God. And I tell you what, you'll be praising God. Amen? Woo! If it wasn't for Jesus. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Richly. Singing together with your brothers. Amen? About the grace of God. Amen? Glory. Hallelujah. In Joshua 1.8. Reading the Word of God. We're not only to read it, to come into agreement with the Word of God, with ourselves, but with one another, but it tells us in Joshua chapter 1, verse number 8, that we're to meditate upon the Word of God. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate. In other words, you shall roll it over and over and over in your mind, day and night. Amen? Shall mutter it. She'll chew it like a cow chews his cud or her cud. Amen? Chew it over and over and over and over. and Think about it over and over and over and over. Mutter the Word of God. Roll it over in your mind and think about it. Meditate therein day and night. And it says when you do that, that thou mayest observe and to do according to all that is written therein. When you meditate on it and be a hearer of it, you're to go out and do it. And it says here, For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Amen? The Word of God is the power that does that, but by your actions and by you meditating in it and becoming a doer of the Word, then thou shalt make thyself prosperous. Amen? Something you do also. What do you do? Well, you yield yourself to the Word. You yield yourself to meditation. You yield yourself to God. You yield yourself to doing the Word. And then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Amen? When you yield yourself to what God has to say rather than what the enemy has to say. It's just that simple. In Psalms chapter 1, David tells us about the same thing here. He not only says that meditation gives us prosperity, but he also says that it brings forth fruit in our life. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the, in the way of the sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. See, blessed, blessed is the man that walketh not in all this. Amen. Walketh in strife and envy and the seat of the scornful, the sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Psalms also says, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. But he says here, if you delight yourself in the law of the Lord, and in his law, if you do meditate day and night, 
And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Glory to God. Just by meditating in the word of God. Then in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, we see here again that we need to stay in the word of God. And there's a reason for this again. Getting into the word of God causes you to grow spiritually. And 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures is given by the inspiration. In other words, it's God-breathed. It's breathed from God. The inspiration of God. And it's profitable for this, doctrine. In other words, it teaches you. Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. In other words, it corrects you, amen? Where you're wrong, it corrects you. For, the inst for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God, why? That the man of God may be perfect or complete, fully furnished unto all good works. See, as you begin to get into the Word of God, then good works begin to come forth from your life. That's what it's all about, amen? The actions of your life. Next, in 1 Peter 2, 2 and also 2, 3. I would like to read both of those scriptures in 1 Peter. It says, as newborn babes. How many new Christians do we have in here tonight? See, a newborn babe. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. Say that. That you may grow. That I may grow. Thereby, if so, be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. How are you to grow? When you taste that the Lord is gracious, brother, and when you begin to learn about the grace of God, brother, you begin to grow. Amen? You begin to grow. Verifies this over in Second Peter, chapter 3, verse number 18. Verse number 18. Second Peter 3, 18 says, But grow in grace. See? We're supposed to grow in the knowledge of His grace. Did you hear that? Grow in the knowledge of His grace. See, His grace is His death, His burial, and His resurrection. And as you grow in a deep understanding of that, things begin to happen in your life. It says you're to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In other words, grow in the grace. Grow in the knowledge of what Jesus Christ came and did. Came and defeated the works of the devil. And as you grow and develop your faith in that final defeat of the devil, glory to God, in your life to bring forth salvation unto you, yes, he's still going to, to cast him down in the end. Yes, he is the enemy. But brother, he's given us victory now. And as you continue to grow in that and know that when Jesus defeated the works of the devil in your life, that he gave you salvation, he gave you healing, he gave you power and ability to go forth and minister the gospel so that the same thing will happen in somebody else's life. Amen? You've got to get into the word and learn and grow in faith, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Then you can begin to go out and witness and fellowship. In John 8.32, 8.32 says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what? 
free. See, as you learn the truth, what is the truth? Jesus Christ came. He defeated the works of the devil. That's the truth. The devil has been defeated by Jesus Christ. And it says, beginning in verse 31b, we'd say, it says, If you continue in my word, then you shall be my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen? Because you've continued in the word, and you've learned the truth. And the truth is that Satan has been defeated. We have to know this. We have to grow in this. And as we do that, and as we constantly turn into the Word of God, we'll recognize that Satan has been defeated. And then when we see the enemy deceiving our brother to cause any kind of disunity or strife in the body of Christ, immediately we'll be able to minister to him instead of agreeing with him. Amen? We're to agree with God and disagree with the devil. In Romans chapter 12, Verse number 2, it sums it up, what the Word does. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. In other words, it means to fit its patterns or its mold. Don't fit into the mold of the world. But it says here to be transformed. That word transformed means transfigured transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Renewing the mind to the word of God brings unity, brings agreement with God. It brings agreement with your brother. It gives you power in this life and ability in this life. Amen? Because the Holy Ghost is released out of your life and into your physical body so that you can begin to bring forth the Holy Ghost into the lives of other people. Amen? This reading the Word of God and growing in the grace and the knowledge of our, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ moves right into the second thing which we need to grow spiritually in, and that's prayer. When you pray, you need to keep all the things that I've said thus far tonight in mind. You need to keep that you do have victory over the enemy. You need to keep in mind the knowledge that Jesus Christ came and because of his grace you have been given all blessings in the heavenly places. You need to keep in mind constantly what you have because of what the word of God says you have. The word of God is the promises of God that came to you through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And instead of praying a defeated type way, pray with the word of God in mind. Pray in agreement with the word of God. Paul, we're going to see in a few minutes that, that he prayed to the Colossians, to the Ephesians, and to the Philippians that they had just wake up to the knowledge of the word of God. And brother, when you wake up to the knowledge of the Word of God and begin to see all the things that, that we have because of the Word of God and because of what Jesus Christ did and because of this truth that has set us free, brother, you wouldn't be praying for three-fourths three of the things that you were praying for if you know that and if you pray according to that. You'll be praying prayers of thanksgiving. Amen? Instead of down on your knees and say, oh, God, bless me, you'll be saying, Father, I thank you for blessing me through the person of Jesus Christ. I thank you for healing me at the cross of Calvary. 
I thank you for the salvation that you have given to me. I thank you, Father, for renewing my mind and causing me to know and to prove the perfect will of God in my life. You begin to pray according to the word and by faith you begin to pray the prayer of faith because you know the word of God. You know you've been set free from the enemy. You know you got victory. You know you got power in your life. You know you have healing. You know you have prosperity. You know you have the will of God working in you and you're not all defeated and crying out to God. Amen? You're walking as a son of God that's been given an inheritance. Amen? You're given, you're given all things that pertain to the life and godliness, Peter said. Amen. You begin to pray according to what you have and not according to what you have not. Amen. Giving thanks always. That's right. In all prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Amen. Glory to God. You begin to pray with the word of God in mind instead of the defeat of the devil in mind. Amen? Pray. Simply talk to God. And what are we to talk to God? We're to talk His word to Him. You know why God would be pleased? He would be pleased because you're talking the word instead of talking the devil's word. Amen? Devils, we've already seen here that God is not pleased by the carnal-minded person. When God hears us talking all the garbage and trash and filth of this world, God is not pleased like any daddy would not be pleased with his son. But when God hears us talking and praying his word and, and programmed with his word and, and, and spiritually minded with his word and conformed to his word and transformed in his word, I tell you what, God is pleased by that. God is pleased when we go to Him in prayer and pray the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. He's pleased when we go to Him and say, Father, I thank You that You always cause me to triumph in every situation. Father, the, the situations and the circumstances are coming upon me now, but I know by faith in Jesus Christ that You have given me victory. And I thank you, Father. I let my supplications and my prayers be made known unto you because I know that I have victory. I know that I have truth. I know that I have life. I know that I'm walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. And therefore, Father, I thank you for hearing my prayer. I thank you for this boldness that you have given me, Father. I thank you that I can enter into the, into the throne room, your throne room, Father, with boldness, glory to God, and receive answer to my prayer. I thank you, Father, for giving me answer to my prayer when you gave me Jesus, glory to God, amen. I thank you for giving me answer when, when Jesus came into my life and saved me and healed me and gave me a victorious life, amen. See, that's what it's all about in prayer. Not moaning and groaning and hope you'll help me out. I tell you what, Jesus, he, uh, he helped us out. All oh, he's going to help us out, man. You know that? Yeah. He's already did it. He's not going to go back and, and help you out again at the cross. No, he's already given you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now just begin to receive it and walk in the knowledge of it and put your faith in it. Glory to God. Yes, Jesus will come back and he's going to take us to be in heaven with him. Glory to God. And he's got that mansion up there. Glory to God. But he's already made all that possible and already given all that. Amen. Hallelujah. He's already given you all those promises. Just begin to walk by faith in the promises of God and pray according to it. In Matthew 26, 41, 
Here's what we see Jesus saying in Matthew 26, 41. This will verify exactly what I'm saying here tonight. Matthew 26, 41. He says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Your flesh is weak. Your flesh will cause you to walk in weakness. But the Spirit of God in, in the, in the brand spanking new born again believer is strong and it's willing, glory to God. Amen. But the question is, in your soul tonight, in your mind tonight, are you willing? Are you willing to agree with God and to pray according to God's word and believe God by faith in what he gave you at his resurrection? which his word says. His word was sent to deliver us from all destruction. Psalms 107.20 His word was given, glory to God, and it delivered us, and now we're to walk in it, amen? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. In James 5.13 We see here on prayer, James 5.13 says, is there, any, is there any among you afflicted? In other words, uh, is there any among you that, that the pressures of life is all over you? Let him pray. Is any, is any merry? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let, let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Brother, we have been made into the righteousness of God in Christ. We have been put into right standing with God. And now we're to pray the prayer of what? Faith. Pray the prayer of faith. Our faith comes through getting into the Word and beginning to develop our faith and our mental uh, area of our soul and as we do that, we pray the prayer of faith. According to faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and then we pray with the knowledge of knowing the truth in mind. Amen? We pray the prayer of faith. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 18, Ephesians six eighteen, praying always with all prayer and supplication, in the Spirit. Amen. Praying in the Spirit. Not praying in the flesh. Praying in the Spirit. Amen. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Glory to God. And for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Brother, we need to speak boldly. Amen? Praying in the Spirit. In the book of Jude, verse 20, says, But ye, beloved, building up 
yourselves on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Then verse number 24, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of the glory with exceeding joy. Verse number 23 I want to read there. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Brother, if you're going to be able to pluck people out of the fire, you're going to have to be praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying according to the Word. Amen? Praying in the power of the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in your prayer language. Praying according to the Word. And as you do that, you build yourself up in the love of God. Amen? Glory to God. That little Christ-centered hub that we talked about tonight in that wheel, that Holy Ghost, as you begin to pray in the Spirit and pray in agreement with the Word of God in your mind, it will release itself out to the rim, brother, and the love of God will be radiating from your life. Amen? Because you're praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, don't turn to it, but it tells us that it edifies us and charges us up. Amen? Charges us up. Then in Colossians 4.2, talking about prayer again, how to grow spiritually by praying, by praying. Colossians 4.2 says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. In other words, we're to continue in prayer. We're to pray. Amen? And watch in thanksgiving. Amen? We're to watch for the answer. Amen? We're to watch and look at the answer through Jesus Christ. Amen? And thank Him for the answer. Amen? As we watch. Watch with thanksgiving. Amen? Glory to God. It says here in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6, a scripture we quoted a minute ago as a brother began to, began to say it so beautifully. Philippians 4, 6 says this, be careful for nothing. In other words, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Let your requests be made known unto God with thanksgiving. Amen? Thanking God for the answer. And when you do that, it says in verse 7, the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. The peace of God. Amen? Glory to God. Brother, there's nothing like going to God and thanking Him for the answer to your prayer, knowing and having peace in your mind that that request is coming. Amen? Letting that peace keep your heart and your mind. The next scripture that I want to turn you on to here would be 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Continue in prayer. Pray without ceasing. Now let's go over to John if we can. I haven't got time to read all those. I got too many scriptures here. John chapter 15, verse number 7, says this. Now we talked about the word already tonight. And we said that, hey, you renew your mind with the Word and allow the Spirit of God to be released 
out into your life through prayer. Prayer gets answered that way, amen? As you begin to agree with God in the Word, and as you begin to agree with God in praying according to the Word and the victory that you have through Jesus Christ, and thank Him for it. Brother, when you're thanking God for the victory through Jesus Christ, you're agreeing with God. You're saying, God, I agree with you, and I thank you that, that Jesus Christ defeated the works of the devil and that you've given me answers in life. Now, amen? See? And it says here, actually says it, and John Chapter 15, verse number 7. If you abide in me, if you abide in my word, if you abide in my love, see, if you abide in his death, his burial, and his resurrection, recognize the victory. And my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Amen? Lining your life up with the word. Lining your prayer life up with the word. And when you do that, it shall be done unto you. Amen? What happens is you begin to recognize that it's already done. You begin to recognize that you already have answers. Amen. You begin to recognize that the Word of God is your answer. You begin to recognize that Jesus is your answer. That's why the next scripture in 16 over here, uh, John chapter 16, beginning with verse number 23, says this, And in that day you shall ask me nothing. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. <laughs> you like that? Because verily, verily, I say unto you that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he shall give it you. Amen? Anything you go and ask the Father for in Jesus' name, he shall give it to you. Amen? Brother, you'll be, won't be praying for Rolls Royces and Mercedes Benz and Cadillacs. You'll just be praying in agreement with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I tell you what, he'll give it to you. Amen. Glory to God. You all of a sudden, you'll look down and say, well, I got it. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you'll be saying, oh, thank you. You'll be on such a spiritual rim that you'll just be saying, oh, thank you. Well, praise God. Amen. In other words, there won't be anything in your mind that will say anything contrary to what God has given you. See, the old devils are what tries to come in and get you to think contrary, amen, to what God has given you. Listen to me here the rest of the way. It says, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be made full. Amen. Brother, I tell you what, as you begin to wake up to what you have in Jesus Christ through his word and begin to pray according to his word and what you have, you'll be running around in joy and full of joy all the time. Amen. Jumping around in joy. Jumping around in joy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now let's look over into Matthew chapter 7, verse number 7. Matthew 7, 7. Which says, Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and everyone that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Praise God. It shall be opened. It shall be done. Praise God. It shall be done. You shall find it. You shall receive it. As you begin to grow in the grace and the knowledge of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you will begin to wake up more and more and more and more and more that you have received the answer. Glory to God. Amen. Receive the answer. Glory to God. You'll find yourself praying in agreement with the Word of God. 
which is the answer. Amen? You won't be down and anxious and full of care about things anymore. You'll be saying, I've got the answer. I'm full of joy, glory to God. Amen? Not being joyful that you just received the Cadillac from God. <laughs> no, <laughs> full of joy because you received eternal life. Full of joy because you received prosperity. Full of joy because you received all the things that pertain to life and godliness. Full of joy because you're walking now in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Amen? Full of joy because you have the victory. Full of joy because you know who you are in Christ. Full of joy because you're a new creation. Amen? Because you're right with God. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Full of joy. And if you pray according to the Word and, and according to, to the way the Bible says to pray in Jesus' name. Brother, you know the name represents what Jesus did. Anybody's name. You can say, okay, my name, for instance. Oh, I know what he did. Your name, for instance. Oh, I know what he did. Amen. Well, you think about the name of Jesus. Boy, you really know what he did, don't you? He defeated the works of the devil. When you pray in that name, the devil immediately begins to flee, glory to God, and he releases you from any anxiety, any bondage, or anything that would cause answer to not come to your prayer. The devil stops answered prayer. The Lord has already given you answers to your prayer. It's the enemy now that cannot stand the name of Jesus that has to flee and then the answer will be there. Amen? Brother, you have answers. You have answers to your prayer. That's why he says, if you abide in his word, it shall be done unto you. Amen? Pray in the name of Jesus it will be done unto you that your joy may be made full. To the degree that you begin to wake up so what you have through the Word of God is to the degree that you begin to recognize that you've been given the answer to your prayer. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. Your wants and your desires begin to just leave. Oh, Father, I just, I just ask that you do this and do that for I really need this. You say, oh, Father, I thank you for prosperity. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for saving my family. I thank you for saving my brother and my sister and taking care of my wife. I thank you for your Holy Ghost that's surrounding my family right now. I thank you for the angels that you have given to be charged over me and over my brothers. I thank you, Father God, for healing every area of my life. You begin to pray according to faith and the resurrection in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's the type of prayer you need to get into. Yes. Pray with the resurrection in mind. This is what Paul prays. Now I want to show you this. i got ten minutes left here. Paul does exactly what I've been preaching on tonight. Here's the way he prays in Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. This is New Testament praying, brother. We're not talking about David over in Psalms praying before Jesus came and defeated the works of the devil. No, he wasn't born again. Amen. I'm talking about born again believers prayer. That's what I'm talking about. Here's what Paul prayed. Paul has prayers in the Bible. You fashion your prayer life after this. Okay. Look in the Bible with me. Ephesians 1 verse 16. Paul said, I cease not to give thanks for you. 
giving thanks. Amen. Making mention of you in my prayer. Now what is he praying? Listen to this. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Paul is praying that you might come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ and that he defeated the works of the devil. Glory to God. Amen. He's praying that you would wake up to this, that you would come into the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may what? Know. That you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He's waking up that you would begin to realize the inheritance that you have as a saint. Amen? Look at this. Verse number 19. That you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe that you may begin to know the power that has been given to you that believe, glory to God. Wake up to that. Let that word work in your life. According to the working of His mighty power that's working in our life. How did that power come and work in our life? How did we get that inheritance? The next verse. Which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and He set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. He set him above all principalities and all powers and might and dominion. In other words, he set him above the works of the devil and he set him above every name that is named. Strife, he set him above that. Set him above cancer. He set him above alcoholism. He set him above every name that you can possibly name. Jesus is above it. Glory to God. And he says, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. We're the church, brother. Which is the body of Christ, or which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all and in all. Glory to God. Amen. Then what does it say that he has done to you? You're the body, right? You're not apart from Jesus, are you? Yes, he's quickened us in verse 1, but look in verse number 6, number 5. Even when we were dead in our sin, he hath quickened or made us alive together with Christ by the grace, by grace you are saved. And he has raised us up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Brother, we're right there with him, glory to God. Amen? Hallelujah. We're victors. We're not defeaters. We're born again, glory to God. We're raised into the heavenly places. He's praying that they would wake up to where they're setting, amen. Not setting down in defeat, but setting up in the Spirit and praying in the Spirit and from the spiritual realm and from the heavenly places instead of praying from the darkness of the devil. Praying from the heavenly places, amen. Praying in the Spirit. Over in Ephesians chapter 3, the third chapter, beginning. In verse number 
14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. What was he doing? He was praying, wasn't he? Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with your might by his Spirit in the inner man. Brother, the inner man is your soul. It's your mind. He's praying here that your mind would be strengthened by the Spirit of God, that the Spirit of God would take over your mind and your way of thinking. Amen? That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. In other words, that your heart, that your mind and soul would be totally full of Jesus Christ. Amen? And full of faith in Jesus Christ. That you being rooted and grounded in love, that you might be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height. In other words, that you may be able to comprehend, glory to God, the love of God, the cross of Calvary, that you might be able to comprehend all that. And what was given to you because of that. That you may be able to comprehend, verse 19, and to know. Not only to comprehend, but to know the love of Christ. That you might know the love of Christ. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, and He died and was crucified and buried and resurrected. That's the love of Christ. That you may know that. Goes on to say, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Amen? According to this power that works in us, he now can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think. Glory to God. That's good, isn't it? Then over in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, he prays again. Colossians 1, for this cause we also, verse 9, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge, the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord and the all-pleasing. Amen. See, when you grow in the knowledge of the grace of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you become pleasing unto God. And then when you're pleasing unto God, and the Spirit of God is not only moving in your spirit, but in your mind, here's what happens. You're being fruitful in every good work, moving outward into your actions. And increasing in the knowledge of God again, increasing in the knowledge of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that sets you free. Amen. Continuing in that. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering and joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet or able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, glory to God. We've been translated out of darkness and now we're into the saints of light, amen, into the kingdom of God. And that's where we pray from. And Paul is praying here that we would wake up to that. Amen. He prays again in Philippians. I hadn't got enough time to go into that, but he prays again that we would wake up. 
Wake up. Seated in the heavenly places. Getting into the Word of God and growing spiritually in the Word. Getting into the Word of God and praying the Word of God. Amen? And you will begin to grow spiritually. Amen? Growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's good, isn't He? As you wake up to this, my brother, you'll begin to move out in a power that you have never experienced before in your life. That's what it's all about. 